marriage. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, and he's such a, such a lovely man, a great man. I think the, the what word should I use? The, the, the grandfather or the pillar of all presiding elders. Hallelujah. No, this is the word. Professional presiding elder. Hallelujah. He's been a district, um, I think, regional secretary. He's done it all for the Church of Pentecost. And we are privileged to have Elder Stephen Entry here with us. Let's give, a God, let's give him a welcome. And then glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. I bring you greetings from Hartford Central in the matchless and the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So this morning I'm here to continue with what Elder Dr. Otin started with last week. That was about Holy Spirit. And uh, it's 10.55 now. So I'll try and so that we abide by the presiding elders' time. Praise God. Amen. So I'm speaking on the theme I have entitled, Keep the Fire Burning. Say to your neighbor, keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. By fire, we mean the Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost power. Keep it burning in your soul. And we shall be reading from Leviticus chapter 6, verses 8 to 13, if we can project them on the screen for us. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth, upon the altar all night long, until morning, and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. So if it's your Bible, you can underline, the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. Then come to verse 10. And the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen trousers he shall put on his body and take up the ashes of the burnt offering which the fire has consumed on the altar and he shall put them beside the altar Verse 11, then he shall take off his garments, put on other garments, and carry the ashes outside and come to a clean place. Verse 12, and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. You can underline that it's the same thing we are repeating. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. And lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offering. Once again, a fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. The fire is burning in my soul. The fire is burning in Oh, the flame of glory in my soul, hallelujah, is burning in my soul. The fire is burning in my soul. The fire is burning. In my soul, I the flame of glory. In my soul, hallelujah, is burning in my soul. One more time, the fire is burning in my soul. The fire is burning oh, in my soul. Oh, the flame of glory oh, in my soul. Hallelujah is burning in my soul. Let's close our eyes as we enter into a time of prayer. Oh, in my soul, 
the fire is burning in my soul, the flame of glory in my soul, hallelujah, is burning in my soul. You can commit yourself unto the Lord even as you listen to the word of God. Ela mama rianda le mazanda ria kandurugu Ela le mazanda le makanduanda la rababaya Ela mama rianda la mazanda ya kande Shandele baba ruanda la mazanda ya Ela la rababaya yandile mazanda ya Yanda le baba rianda la mazanda Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us this morning. Move by your mind, move by your spirit. Ilili masanda ye masanda lua The spirit has come for be kept burning at all times. It might never be put out. We are praying that the fire on the altar of our soul shall be kept burning at all times. That that flame of glory, the all time Pentecostal fires shall quicken us, shall revive us. Spirit has come in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for your time, such as this. We want to thank you for the presence of Holy Spirit in our midst. We pray that you walk by your might, walk by your power, walk by your spirit. That we shall not live here the same. We want to have another encounter with Pentecost. Our hearts are yearning for another Pentecost. Manifest yourself in our midst this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm speaking on the theme, keep the fire burning. We are not keeping the fire on the altar, but the fire on the altar of our hearts. See, the Israelites, they had a number of offerings that were instituted by God. They had the, 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 the sin offering. They have a gift offering. They have the fellowship offering. They have the grain offering. And they have the burnt offering. Sometimes we come to church, and when we the presiding elder say, "Let's give an offering," and you see people murmuring. This church, we are always giving offering. You should go to Israel, go to the Jews, and see the number of offerings that they have: the sin offering, the fellowship offering, the thanksgiving offering, the fellowship offering, the burnt offering. And the burnt offering is just what we read: the law of the burnt offering. God gave specific instructions on how it should be observed. And if you paid close attention to what we just read, I want you to project verse 13 again on the board for us. Verse 13. He says, The Lord said to, the Lord spoke, no, verse 13, yeah, beginning. The first, the, yeah, go back. The Lord said to Moses, go back once. Go back. Oh, verse, uh, was that verse 8? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. It's my bad. Verse 8. I'm sorry. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, 
command Aaron and his sons, saying, this is the law of the burnt offering. Who is Aaron? Aaron is high priest. For those of us whom I need to be reminded, he is a high priest, like a bishop, like a chairman of the church. But yet Moses, God said, command him, command him to do this. Aaron is to do the work of the cleaning of the ashes on the altar. There were specific garments that he was supposed to put on so that within the church of God, nobody is above service. Everybody is supposed to serve. He said, command him. Not say persuade him. Not say coax him. He said, command him. This is your job. Aaron and his son saying, this is the law of the burnt offering. So, the Lord gave them clear. He must, be, he must clear the altar of the ashes every morning and put them on the east side of the altar, which was farthest from the sanctuary. Because they burn, they, 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 as a priest, he has to kill, I mean, a lamb and make sacrifices for the, for the church members every morning and every evening. So the, the, the members will bring a, a, a lamb and then they will offer the lamb and then they put it on the altar. The altar has got some fire wood and it's burning perpetually. It says that fire must not go out. It must be burning all the time. So in the morning, the, this, uh, the high priest, he will change because when he comes to minister on the pulpit, he has a special garment. But then God told him that when you are going to clean the ashes and take away and you are going to dispose of the ashes, put on another garment, less honorable than the one that you will use to come and preach the gospel. So he will change into that garment and then he will go and dispose of the ashes very far, far further. But then the point that we are trying to hone in on is why, why would God have the priest to go to such an extent to dispose of the ashes. This is done in the honor of the altar. Number one, for the honor of the altar. This altar here. It's not a joke. For the honor of the altar. And then also for the offering, the sacrifices that they are making. That is number two. So it was also a requisite that the altar should be kept as clean as it might be. So that the fire upon it will burn better. So that when you clear the ashes from the, from the heart, let's say from the fireplace, let's replace the heart for, with a fireplace. The fireplace. In Ghana, we have, uh, I mean, coal pots that we found, we used to cook. And then we have a uh, bochia when you go to, the, uh, to those places. You know, so that is what we used to cook. So the heart can be something like that. But if you want to have the fire burning at all times, you have to clean it. You don't want to allow, because when the fire is, when the fireplace is cool, even dogs can go and sleep there. Cockroaches can go and sleep there. Chicken can go and sleep there. But when it is burning, they, they dare not go near it, because the fire is going to burn them. So in order to have the fire burning clearly and burning perpetually and burning better, it has to be cleared of all the ashes. Praise God. So the priest must ensure that there are no fire extinguishers which will impede the continuous burning of the fire on the altar. Because there could be some fire extinguishers, something that can impede the perpetual burning of the fire. So the priest himself must not only kindle it. The priest, he kindles it, he fans it. He takes a fan and he is fanning it. And he is fanning it so that he will keep the fire burning. But then also they had and, and carried out the ashes. God's servants must not think nothing is below them. When we come here to church, we all serve. And I, and I applaud and I acknowledge the services of Elder Note. His name is synonymous with service. From ever since I've known Elder Note, it's all about, it's all about service. Service from that place, from wherever. This man is always serving the Lord, regardless of his be presiding elder, wherever. So I pray that that spirit of service will also transmit into some of us here. So that when those, our leaders are not here, that spirit will always lead on. Let's give glory to the name of the Lord. 
That is why he said, command, command Aaron to serve. Let him bring that, come down. Some church leaders, some pastors, some apostles, they are too cocoty. They think they are above service. But here, God is telling Moses, tell Aaron, command him. He must put on his, his in tree, they call it chocoto. If you read the tree Bible, you say chocoto. That big, you know, when the, the people, they, they put on native cloth, they put chocoto down there. In tree, that is what they call it, chocoto. It's Chokoto that Aaron must put on Chokoto to go and carry the, the ashes with all his big manhood. You know, so we are, not, nobody is above service. So simil similarly, if our sacrifice of praise and worship, if they are to ascend into heaven, we must ensure that the altar of our hearts are clean and pure. Praise God. When we stand here, we, we sing, we bring sacrifice of praise unto the Lord, house of the Lord. Oh, we bring sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. And we offer unto you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and we offer unto you the sacrifices of so if we also are going to offer sacrifices of praise not on the altar made by human being but the, on the altar of our hearts then our hearts must be clean there should be no bitterness there should not be backbiting. There should be no unforgiveness. That is the spirit that we are looking at it today. You come to the house of God, you offer sacrifices of praise, and you want your praise to ascend to heaven like a sweet-smelling incense. Your heart must be clean, because our God is holy. And those who worship him must worship him in truth and in holiness. Praise God. You cannot lead worship when you, when you and your sister here, you are not talking. You cannot lead a worship when you and your husband, you have just been fighting in the car. And you are not going to forgive the guy. You didn't even give him food last night to eat. And you want to come here, we, leave, we offer sacrifice. He says, the altar must be clean so that the fire will keep burning. If our, fire, our sacrifices of praise shall accept, ascend into heaven and that God is going to accept them, then they must be offered from a heart that is clean. Hallelujah. The priest must ensure to keep the fire burning. The fire on the altar must be kept burning continuously. It must not go out. This is insisted on verse, in verse 9. He said it. Verse 12, he repeated it. Verse 13, he repeated it. Just in five verses, he's repeating it. That means it's very, 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 very important. But the first, it is the source of the fire is God himself from heaven. Because this is what happened when Solomon, after he had built a temple for God, God wouldn't allow David to build a temple for him because David has committed adultery, murder, all kind of things. So God told him, no, your hands are full of blood. I'm not going to allow you to build a house for me. I'll let her have your son do it. So David did all he supplied the material and everything for his son to build a, a magnificent edifice to the glory of God. And then during the dedication, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1, you can put it on the board. They had put some altars there, like the burnt offering is there, like we are reading. But this time, God himself provided the fire from heaven. God, him, oh, he didn't hear. I said, put Second Chronicles 7.1. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said, I have, I said verse 1, Second Chronicles 7.1. Second Chronicles 7.1. When Solomon had finished praying, after he had built the edifice, he started praying. Like, you people have bought this magnificent edifice. And you, call, you, you, call, you know, you dedicate it to the Lord. That Lord, if anybody needs green card and they come running into this house and they lift their voice, Lord, answer them. If somebody needs children, it's a barry woman, and they come to 585 here, North Main Street, 
Is it North Main Street? And they pray to God, Lord, answer them. If somebody is facing a death sentence, premature death, and they come here and they pray to you, Lord, answer them. So Solomon prayed all that prayer. And then when he had finished praying, this is what happened. When Solomon had finished, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. I pray that the glory of the Lord Almighty will fall in this temple today in the name of Jesus. Because the glory of God represents the visible manifest presence of God. We want God to manifest himself visibly in our midst by his glory. May that Shekinah glory cover us all this morning in this sanctuary in the name of Jesus. And may he answer your prayers by fire. He is a God who answers by fire. May that God be your God today in the name of Jesus. He answered by fire. And he manifested his visible presence with his Shekinah glory. To the extent that even Solomon could not even perform his job. Because the room was so dark with the, with the presence of God. Oh, I pray that the fullness and the presence, the manifest presence of God will cover this sanctuary whenever you come down here to meet so that no sin can be able to hide uh, from the presence of the Most High God. If you agree with me, say hi to the Most High God and give glory to his holy name. Amen. So God is the source of the fire. He supplies the fire. But we must keep it burning. God is going to supply the fire in our heart. The Pentecost fire in our soul. God is going to light that fire. But it is your responsibility and my responsibility to keep that fire burning. We constantly need the Spirit's fire. We need that Spirit's fire. Which symbolizes the divine presence within us. We need the Holy Spirit fire. It symbolizes God's divine presence in our hearts. And for that to happen, we need to consecrate ourselves. We need to be holy because God says, be holy because I am holy. If you want God to come and make his dwelling in our midst, if you want the, the, the presence of God, if you want the glory of God to come and make his abode in us, we cannot continue to harbor sins in our midst because he says, be holy. Because I am holy. It calls for a life of consecration. We have to consecrate our lives. So that the presence of God. The fire of God. Can continue to burn in our hearts. Otherwise we are going to diminish the power. Of the Holy Ghost presence in our lives. So when we talk about fire. It symbolizes Holy Spirit. Fire symbolizes the presence. It's a Holy Spirit. It's used to represent God's presence. Two reasons. Why do we use fire to symbolize or to typify the presence of Holy Ghost? Number one, because fire has an effect of purifying. It purifies our heart. It purifies our spirit. It purifies our soul. So I pray this morning that whatever the condition of your heart, whatever the condition of your body, whatever the condition of your soul, that through that, by, by virtue of the agency of the Holy Spirit, that you are going to be pure. You are going to be cleansed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You can write that text down. Acts chapter 15 verse 8 and 9 is there. You know, Peter said, God did not discriminate between us, the Jews, and them, the Gentiles. For he, the Holy Spirit, purified their hearts. The Holy Spirit purified the Jewish people, their heart. That same Holy Spirit purified your heart. I'm a Gentile, and they are Jews. That same Holy Spirit, he does not discriminate. He purifies our heart. That is why it is symbolizes by fire. We use fire to, to purify things like gold. When they dig gold, gold has so many impurities, so they apply fire to it so that they are able to extract all the impurities from it. So that is why we, we use Holy Spirit fire to symbolize Holy Spirit. Again, as the fire, Holy Spirit gives us, it gives us zeal. By zeal, I mean eagerness. Eagerness. You want to do something. You know, I mean... You, you, you want to do something for, for the Lord God Almighty. It gives you boldness to, to accomplish something with enthusiasm to accomplish God's work. 
The Holy Spirit will give you that, that zeal. Sometimes you need some fire, you need some push, you need some impetus because you don't feel like doing it. But that Holy Spirit fire, when it is in you, it is going to give you that necessary push. It is going to give you that necessary zeal. That sometimes it, you, you'll be doing the things that you don't keep on, you don't even feel like doing. Praise God. That is why when Jesus Christ, he went to the temple in John chapter 2, when he started his ministry, he went and he saw that people were turned the whole house into trading. People were changing money, dollars here and there, and people were selling here and there. Then he took a whip. He started whipping them. He was filled with righteous anger because he said, this is my father's house. It's supposed to be a house of prayer, and you people have turned it into a den of robbers. And he started beating them, turning the tables upside down. I believe he was macho because his father, his father was a carpenter man. He was, he, Joseph was a carpenter. You know, carpenters, when they are, doing the, you know, they are doing the sewing, if you try to shake their hands, they can squeeze your hand. They can break your hand. It's a physical job. So Jesus might have been a strong man. He was turning those people, the tables upside down. And then when the, when the disciples saw that, they said, oh yeah, that is why they said, the zeal of the Lord has consumed me. The zeal of John chapter 2 verse 17. They say, oh, that is why it is written of Jesus that the zeal of the Lord has consumed me. That zeal, that eagerness. When you see that there is a paper lying on the ground, you don't jump over it, but you pick it up. You know, otherwise, you, there's a spirit of apathy. You don't want to do nothing. You are waiting for the Danote or the, the presiding elder to come and do it. But that, if the Holy Ghost fire is on you, if something is not right, if the music is not go right, if something is not right. If you're siding elder is not here and you come to church and something has to be done, you, you, you just jump and you start doing something. You don't wait for somebody to start to do something because you have that zeal. You have that eagerness. The, the boldness. The courage. You want things to happen. Oh, may the fire of Holy Ghost fall upon you today Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. So that we shall get rid of every spirit of apathy. Because it is not my job. Some people go to the offices, they just like a union, union labor. If I'm supposed to do this, that is all I'm doing. Somebody's supposed to close the door, I can leave the door ajar because the, the, the maintenance guy is supposed to come and close it. Spirit of apathy. You, can, you should go beyond, go another mile. Go beyond your call for duty. And it is the, it is the zeal of the Lord shall accomplish that. Amen. 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 So it, it is my prayer that good, the, the Lord God Almighty will heal us of any spirit of apathy and fill our hearts with a passion to do God's work. Oh, that the zeal of the Lord will consume us this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Secondly, we use fire because fire symbolizes a judgment. God told Malachi, Malachi chapter 5. He said, verse 14, he says, I will make my words in your mouth fire. I will make you, my words in your mouth fire. So that if you are filled with the fire of God, and you stand here to preach, and people hear you, they are motivated by love. They are motivated to change their ways. They are motivated because they are judged. Because you are filled, God will inflame your heart so your words are inflamed. It is able to judge your hearers. They hear it, they say, oh, so what must we do? What must we do? So it is it's, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to judge us. That is why, you know, we signify it by, uh, by fire. Because of fire as a judgment. So when the Holy Spirit sets our hearts on fire, he will cause our words to be aflame. When our personality is on fire with commitment to Christ, he gives us a burning vision of what he wants us to do. When our hearts on fire, the Holy Spirit will give us a commitment and a burning vision for what God wants us to do in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit also empowers us with fiery divine energy. Divine energy. Because you know one of the functions of a fire is to to push like locomotive. Those days, they use coal. They fire the, the coal and the train, and then the train will begin to move. When they want to fire all those spacecraft into, when you go to Air Force Base in uh, Florida, you see the fire that is coming now. That is pushing 
the, the aircraft to break the force of gravity and to go to space. So when that Holy Ghost fire is in your heart, it gives you some energy. You are able to break grounds in the name of Jesus. You are able to outrun like Elijah, an old man. He was able to outrun King Ahab, who was sitting in a chariot. He said, King, God is going to send the rain after three and a half years. So hurry up and go. So Elijah started to running. He started running. And the Bible says he was able to outrun King Ahab, who was sitting in a chariot on a horseback. And this old man was able to outrun him all because of the Holy Ghost fire. Oh, may that Holy Ghost fire may it give you energy, divine energy, divine acceleration. May it push you forward so that all those who think that you have been left behind, you are going to overtake them in the name of Jesus by reason of the fiery Holy Ghost power. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, may it be so. Amen. The Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I have come to bring fire on earth. That is what Jesus said when he came. He said that in Luke chapter 12, verse 49. Because Christ desires that all the fiery ministry in the Holy Spirit will be active in us. Jesus wants as all the ministry, the fiery ministry in the church, be active in our lives. That is why he said, I have come, I have brought fire from on high. I've come to bring fire on earth. So he kindled the holy flame of God in the hearts of his followers as he began his earthly ministry. Because he knew that they needed that fiery ministry. So he kindled that fiery ministry in them. That is why when John the Baptist, he was preaching, he was a forerunner of Jesus Christ. He was preaching in the wilderness. He was telling the people, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So people, as they came flocking to him, they thought he was the Messiah. They said, no, I'm not the Messiah. I'm just a forerunner. I am preparing the way for the one who is coming after me. The sh his shoes, I'm not even worthy to carry. I baptize you with water, but he, when he comes... He shall baptize you with Holy Ghost and with fire. Oh, may you receive the Holy Ghost fire. May you receive the Holy Spirit baptism today in the name of Jesus. He will, he will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. That is in Matthew chapter 3. That is when John said that. 3, three 1 and 2. So on the day of Pentecost, Jesus told them to assemble, not to even attempt to start to do the job, but to wait for the promise of his father because he knew they needed that fiery ministry. The Bible says they had gathered in the room, John Mark's room, and mother's room, aunt's room, and one twenty of them, they were praying. They were tarrying for the spirit. And the Bible says, all of a sudden, there was a sound like a rushing wind that filled the room. And then there were closed tongues of fire that descended on all of them. And they started speaking in tongues. Praise God. And then that is what the Pentecost fire was lit. That day, the Pentecost fire was lit. They tried to stop them, but they were unstoppable. When the fire of God is on you, you are unstoppable. You are unbreakable. Say that I am unbreakable. I am unstoppable by reason of the fire of the Holy Ghost. Praise God, somebody. And that is what happened. Because that fire was lit on the day of Pentecost. They were on fire. Peter and John, they were going to the temple to go and worship the Bible says one afternoon, and then they saw a beggar seated at the, at the, a lame and a beggar seated at the beautiful gate. And the guy saw them, he said, give me something, because that is what they have, destiny has confided this man, has, I mean, has reduced this man to become a beggar, sitting begging arms. So he asked Peter and John, give me something. So Peter said, look at us. So the guy fixed his gate, his eyes on them, expecting to get a big catch. They said, we don't have anything. Silver or gold, we don't have. But we have something that is even bigger than silver. I got something that is bigger than gold. And that something is the name of Jesus. There is no name in heaven, above, or on the earth, or on the earth beneath, given unto man, by which man can be saved. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then he held up his hand, and right away, the guy, his strength, his legs became strong, and he started started jumping, praising God. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. 
And then the Sanhedrin, they were upset that this guy has been healed. Who in their right mind will be upset that a beggar, a lame man has received his healing. He can now go out there and look for a job. So they call Peter and John. They say, by what authority did you ask? Did you heal this man? They say, by the name of Jesus. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is the, 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 the stone that you builders you have rejected. But that stone has become the head of the cornerstone. They look at them. Bible said they look at them and they realize that these people have not even gone to school. They were unschooled. And they look at the boldness and the courage and the, and the, I mean, how they were reasoning. And they say, oh, they have been with Jesus Christ. Oh, your Jesus Christ association should make a difference. When people see you, they should know that, oh, he's a smart guy because he is a Christian. He's, a, he's, a, he's with Jesus. They took notice of that. They said, oh, oh, he has been with Jesus. And then they, it was evening. So they put, them, they put them in jail. Tomorrow they appear before the Sanhedrin. So when they took them out the next morning to appear before the Sanhedrin, before the powers that be, they threatened them. They said, don't mention that name again. If I dare see you, if we dare see you here again, the story will be different. So when they let them go, these guys, they went and then they, they told their brothers in Christ, they said, now the guys, the authorities that be, they are trying to restrict the word. They are trying to oppose the work of the move of the spirit. So what shall we do? They said it is better to listen to God than to listen to man. So they decided to enter into a prayer meeting. They said, Lord, give us the boldness. Lord, give us the courage to be able to preach the word, to be able to turn this word upside down because many people are dying. Many people are suffering. Lord, give us that power. And when you read Acts chapter 4, verse 29, you can put it on the board. The Bible says, after they had finished praying, the whole place was shaking. The whole, the foundation of that building was shaking. Your prayer can shake the foundations of this building. Amen. And then they were filled with Holy Spirit again. In chapter 4, they were filled. I mean, chapter 2, they were filled. In chapter 4, another infilling. You need another infilling. Don't be satisfied with the first infilling that you had. You have to get repeated infilling. And that is what these people did. They had repeated infilling. No persecution can be able to stop you. No criticism will be able to stop you. No embarrassment can be able to stop you. If the fire is burning, you are unstoppable. The fire is burning, you are unbreakable. May that fire burn in you this morning. In the name of Jesus. They preached with boldness this time. That was zeal. That is what we call zeal. Courage. Boldness. You are not going to retreat in the face of threat. You are going to move forward. Because when the enemy say, hey, you can say, hey, hey. And then the enemy will back off. In the name of Jesus. Because you are on fire. Also, the fire will set you aglow. It will make you bright. It will make you shine. When you stand here to preach, people will say, oh, that sister, she was leading the worship. You could see the glory of God. It's all over, it's all over her. Be aglow for Christ. Be aglow in the spirit. You have to shine. Because God has created us in his own image. And if God is God who shines, when we say that, you shine like the bright morning star, Jesus, how lovely you are. shine. If Jesus is a glow in the spirit, you also have to be a glow in the spirit. Be a glow in the spirit. In the name of Jesus, shine in the spirit. When people see you, they should see the glory of God all over your life. Amen. We need a fire of God to enable us to witness for God with courage and with boldness and with enthusiasm. That is why Peter I mean, Paul, Paul was admonishing us. 
that we should not be lacking in zeal. Romans chapter 12 verse 11. Can we quickly see that? He said, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual favor, serving the Lord. In other words, never lagging behind in diligence. Don't be slow. Don't be lazy. Be diligent. Be zealous. Move forward. Do something. That is what he's saying. And then be a glow in the spirit. Enthusiastically serving God. So the, God himself wants you to be on fire. Say, keep your spiritual fervor. That means be on fire. Be on fire. She says, yes, she, be on fire. Tell your brother, your sister, be on fire. Be on fire. So many people, they are so cool. When you sit behind them, sometimes they are cool. Because iron sharpen iron. Are you with me? So you have to be, you know, you have, when we are praying, you have to pray. When we are worshiping, you have to worship. Whatever we are doing, hey, give glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We are here. We have to, he says, be, keep your spiritual fervor. Be a glow in the spirit. You know, be spiritual. Be, keep that fervor. Be a glow in the spirit. The Holy Spirit revives your spirit. The Holy Spirit here, if your spirit is down by reason of depression, by reason of hard work, by reason of poverty, the Holy Spirit is going to revive your spirit. May that Holy Spirit revive your spirit this morning. In the name of Jesus. If you are down, the Holy Spirit is going to revive you this morning. The Holy Spirit will fill you with abundance of life. With love and with zeal. If you don't have love, the Holy Spirit will give you love. It will flood your life with love. The Holy Spirit will set you aglow. It will make you shine so that you will manifest the radiant life of God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So as a spirit-filled believer, you should be marked by intense devotion. Intense devotion. For loyal service for the Lord. You know who in the Bible was on fire for the Lord? His name is Apollo. The Bible says, Apollo. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. Apollos. And being fervent in spirit. That is Acts chapter 18 verse 25. Apollo was fervent. That man was on fire. That is why when Paul will establish some assembly, Apollo also go and build it. He was on fire. He was on the same level with Paul. I want you to be on fire. You see how I'm sweating? I want you to be on fire too. Because for me, when, we, when I talk about the fire of the Holy Spirit, I get excited. Because the Holy Spirit has so many symbols and emblems. It is love. It is, I mean, it is dove. It is wind. It is, it is the dew of heaven. It is everything. But the one that excites me most is the fire of God. Because I want where there is fire is. When I go to a place where there is fire, when there is worship, there must be fire. When there is praises, there must be fire. When it is prayer, there must be fire. Oh, may that fire be upon you this morning. In the name of Jesus, may you be ablaze in the spirit. Because God does not like lukewarmness. You know why? Because in Revelation chapter 3, there is a church in Laodicea. But God told them that this church, you are not hot. You are not cold. Because you are not hot, you are not cold. I'm going to vomit you out. I'm going to spit you out. We don't want it to be said of PIWC in Hartford that you are a lukewarm assembly, that you are a lukewarm church. And as a result, God is going to vomit you out. May God forbid. Oh, PIWC, be on fire. Be on fire for the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I mean, I'm bringing my message to a close so that I try to stay in, in, in the confines of your time. The Spirit desires for you to fill, to be, to fill with burning, glowing, agape love so that your life is constantly radiant with His presence. That is why Paul admonished Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 and 6. He says, Timothy, for this reason, Timothy, I remind you to stir up or to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. That gift in you. The, the Holy Spirit has deposited some giftings in you. The gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the gift of interpretation of tongues, the gift of leading the worship, every act of service. The Holy Spirit has deposited in you. But you have, not, you have allowed that gift to stay dormant. So he said, fan it up. Begin to fan it. Begin to stir it up. 
just like that fire on the altar must be kept burning. The, 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 the high priest was supposed to be fanning it all the time. The same way you also have to keep fanning all the Holy Ghost giftings that God has deposited in your heart. Hallelujah. Because the constant tendency of fire is fire will go out. When you don't find the fire, it will go out. The spiritual gifting in you, if you don't use it, is going to go out. So many people before, before they had the gift of preaching, the gift of healing, the gift of worship, the gift of praise. But where are they now? When they were on Ghana, go to their assemblies. They are on fire. But today, you cannot find them nowhere. What has happened? They allow that gifting to lie dormant. And God gives you that spiritual enablement for some reason. If you don't use it, he's going to stop giving it to you. Because God does not want to waste divine energy. So fan it into flame and begin to activate it. Begin to use it for the glory of the Most High God. Hallelujah. So whatever the cost... We must keep the flame of the spirit burning in the altar of our hearts. Finding something requires us, requires us to make some effort. When you are finding something, your hand can, you know, become tired. It's the same way you have to work. Work on these spiritual giftings. Work on them so that you'll be on fire all the time. Anytime you come to stand here, your message is not only one. Oh, it's jaded. Because, see, somebody will lead the worship. The same song that person will lead. And another person will come and lead that sing that. And you can begin to see the difference. The difference maker is the power, the touch of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. Some people lead worship and there is healing. There's a reason why they, you came to sing that same song, but people carried their diseases home with them. But another lady came to lead that worship and then the Holy Ghost descended. So I pray that you are going to ask the power of the Holy Ghost to touch your ministry so that you can make a difference. Don't be satisfied wherever you are. That is why you have to find it into flame. Activate it. Work with it. And the more you work with it, the more you become sharper and sharper and sharper in the name of Jesus. So Paul says, do not neglect your gift which was given through prophecy. When the elders, they laid their hands on you. So for these gifts and for this power, to be fueled by God's grace, you need to pray. For this gift to be active every day, you have to pray. So that gift should be active. You stay active. Number two, you must have faith. You must have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You must do some work with the faith. And also obedience. And also hard work, diligence, service. If you do all these things, then that you will stay active. You will grow from grace to grace. And from strength to strength. And there are certain things that are fire extinguishers. That will kill your fire. Fire extinguishers, they will kill your fire. That is why you are no more on fire for the Lord. Because number one, it is lack of prayer. One, fire extinguisher. That it doesn't make your, your, you know, your, your ministry to go to that next level. It's lack of prayer. Number two, you are forsaking the assembly of God's people. A forsaken assembly of God people. Because Bible says iron sharpen iron. You could have somebody say, Oh, I can stay home, I can watch it on Zoom, and I'll be all right. Meanwhile, you are sleeping on your on your bed, and the next time you are doing oh, oh, and then the daughter say, Who oh, cut that person off? Cut. That is why you have to be here. Because when you are depressed and you see Mammy Vic is on fire, Mammy Vic's fire, fiery this thing, it will transmit to you. So don't stay at home. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, do not forsake the assembly of God's people as some of you are in the, in the habit of doing in the last days. Don't stay home. Come here and worship. I know COVID-19 has done a lot to disseminate the church. So, so many people are becoming too comfortable in their armchairs and on their beds. They say, well, we can watch it on Zoom. No, come here. Because now, before you come here, all your spiritual giftings has dropped. We don't want that to happen to you. And the third fire extinguisher is what? Bitterness. Bitterness. You have more bitterness in you. It is, it is hampering your growth in the Lord. It is hampering your growth. You have problem with this brother. Problem with this sister. Problem with your man. Problem with everybody. And how can the Holy Spirit allow to grow? It's not going to grow. You are hampering it. You are, you are suppressing it. 
So get rid of every bitterness away from you before you can allow the Holy Spirit to operate freely. And then the third thing is, the fourth thing is sin and immorality. There's also a fire extinguisher. It is going to suppress you. And then the last thing is what? Division, disunity. When the church is divided into factionalism, this one has their group, that one has their group, that one has their group, the another one has their group. By trabas groupings, whatever groupings, only God knows. It will inhibit the growth of the spirit. Because the Bible says, Beloved, see how pleasant, pleasant and good it is when the brethren, they dwell together in unity. It is like an oil, anointing oil that has been poured upon the head of Aaron that is dripping from his beard all the way down to his, the robe of his garment. The anointing will flow from the leadership and to translate all the way down to the Sunday school people if we stay in unity. And so as I bring my message to a close, I, remind you, I want to remind you that we have to keep the fire on the altar burning at all times. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. The fire on the altar of our heart should be kept continuously burning. And we are not supposed to quench the Spirit of God, but we must stir it up. We must fire it up. Every gift that the Holy Ghost has given us. So finally, for this reason, we are reminded to find into flame every gift that we, we received when, the, when we laid hands upon. So you must keep the fire burning. Say, keep the fire burning. As you, slide, as you, are, you rise to your feet, keep, your, keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. The fire upon the altar oh, of your heart. Yeah. Keep it burning. Let's lift up our hands to heaven and then we're going to tell the Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Ah, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Yeah.